This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? You know, we've reached a point in the Christmas season when I'm no longer having a good time. That's, that happened real fast. Like, you were just Mariah Carey extra festive. <laughs> so I always hit this wall where I'm just like, oh my God, I just need it to be Christmas already and everything to be done so that I can enjoy the day. Um, but right now I'm just doing all the things so that I can do that. And it's I get very that. stressful. I get that. Um, well, if... I like literally my friend like texted me earlier and was like, Hey, let's hang out. Like I haven't seen you in forever. And I was like, I literally don't have time. And he was like, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> he's like, I'll talk to you after Christmas. I was like, thank you. Right. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Christmas, as I just told you, I bought tickets to see the Rockettes in four days. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited. And also jealous. Very jealous. I will send you braggy pictures from the day of. That will help. I thought so. That's <laughs> um, like one of my coworkers really, really loves Billy Joel. So uh-huh. when I went to the concert, I just sent him video footage just... Just to, well, Aaron just <laughs> dropped everything on earth. Do you remember, now I'm on a side tangent, but I'm going to take it. Do you remember our first four episodes, how something <laughs> fell on me every time we recorded? Yes. <laughs> and now it's my turn because like I told you a minute ago, I have so many like plates of cookies and things and decorations on my table. I barely have room for like my usual podcasting equipment. <laughs> Which is so funny because it's, it's just a here. Chromebook, a mic, and a headset. Like, yep, <laughs> that's it. So I've been waiting. I didn't even send this um, story in our group message so that I could get your live reaction. Oh God! So you know, Sarah and I were in. Uh, we went to go visit her family this weekend. I know. And, um, <laughs> I she because I was just so busy and could not human being. When it's the end of the semester, a I'm just a zombie because I go so hard until it's over. Yeah. Um. But b like I had grades to enter and I had you know just all these last minute things. So she just packed for me and I'm so uh-huh. grateful because she's wonderful that way. Um. The one thing I should have been responsible for for myself was my belt, right? Um, so we make it to her family's house and I have no belt. Um, and I've lost 25 pounds since I bought the pants that I wore today. Yay for you. Which is a great problem until I got out of my car back at my house today and they fell down (laughs) in my driveway (laughs) while I'm wrangling our two weenie dogs. So I, (laughs) I gave the neighbors an entire show. And I was like, at least I wear my cute underwear today. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. (laughs) So, Merry Christmas to all of you, neighbors. That was delightful. (laughs) I am the gift. Mm, Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) I just keep picturing. (laughs) Right? 
Sarah was like, I know it's not funny, but it's hilarious. I was like, no, it's funny. Like, I think this is hilarious. I agree with Sarah. It's funny. (laughs) And I don't have an ounce of shame. So it's not like Mm -hmm. I even have it in myself to be embarrassed, which I think Mm -hmm. makes everything a little bit better. I'm just like, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you can do at, at that point, you know? Well, since this comes out on Christmas... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to our Lifetime Sentence family. Yes. Merry Christmas to you guys. You know, I have to say, like, I have not really been in a Christmas mood this year. Things have been just kind of, like, crappy. And so doing this today really helped. I'm so glad. Much more in the Christmas spirit now. Yay. Um. So do we want to get into this? Because I feel like we both got quite a few notes today. Yes, I do want to get into this. So you first or me? Well, that depends. Do you want to go first? Let's rock, paper, scissors. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So it's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. 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 One, two, three, shoot. Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So, okay, try again. So we tied. <laughs> okay, I think you go first. Let's not break the tradition. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm so, so glad everyone just heard us rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you guys so glad you subscribed to this podcast? I'm me. Okay. So this week in honor of Christmas, we did not do a crime story. We did Christmas movies because Lifetime, as I said last week, has released the superior Christmas content this year yeah no joke this movie and i you know i watch a lot of christmas movies so i was just kind of waiting to see which one i would cover this movie is probably my favorite christmas movie of the season across all platforms okay so that's hallmark lifetime and netflix wow so and the close second is Holiday in the Wild on Netflix. That one's really, really good too. So that's the third time you've recommended it. So yes, I know. I'm I'm on board with it. Anyways, I watched Twinkle All the Way. It stars Sarah Drew. She plays Cadence, but I just call her Sarah because duh. Um, she played Dr. April Kebner on Grey's Anatomy for many, many years before Shonda Rhimes fired her. Whoops. Um um, she was also in radio. She was in a movie that on her IMDb looks super funny called Mom's Night Out. I and remember seeing in, the previews for that. That did look funny. I haven't. Um, and she was in Supernatural. And she was also, last year, she was in a Christmas movie on Lifetime called Christmas Pen Pals, which was uh, pretty well received. And also, she was in this movie called Indivisible, where she played opposite her... Um, a guy who played her boyfriend on Grey's Anatomy, Justin Broomberg. Okay. And he he was her husband in this movie. But um, I just, yeah, just fun trivia. Interesting. <clears throat> she, uh, her co-host, or her co-host, her co-star <laughs> is Ryan. Wait, 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 wait. Welcome to Lifetime Sentence. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. Okay. Oh, they were about to get real confused. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were like, Sarah Drew has a podcast? Shonda Rhimes. Um, her co-star is Ryan McPartland. He play, plays Henry. Um, he's been in Chuck. He played. He was in the movie Jay Edgar. 
Hunter Killer, um, Devious Mage, which is another Lifetime uh, series that ran for a few years. Oh, I remember that one. He was on Fuller House. Okay. I don't remember his character from Fuller House, but he was on it on IMDb, so. I only watched the first season, so. Mm. Leslie Ann Warren. Really? Um, Yeah. She plays Twinkle. That is the name of a character in this movie. Okay. (laughs) So, um, Leslie Ann Warren was Cinderella in Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. She was. She, She's also been in Victor Victoria, Daredevil, and she played Miss Scarlet in Clue. Yeah, she did a lot of, like, I want to be Julie Andrews stuff. Mm-hmm. She was in American Princess, which is another Lifetime series, and, uh, oddly enough, Secretary. Wait, which an American Princess, wanna... was that the, no, sorry, that's a different station. There was a channel that had a show called An American Princess, and it was a reality show to try to inherit an estate. No. So, yeah, but that was um, Oxygen, I think. Sure. Um, Leslie Ann Warren was also in Secretary, which if you want to watch a movie about BDSM, put down Fifty Shades of Grey and watch Secretary instead. Um, And then lastly, we have Brian Sills. He plays Lex. Um, He was in Baby on Board, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay, who's he in Kimmy Schmidt? Uh, his character name, I was hoping you'd ask me that, because his character name is Gay Spin Guy. Oh, I know exactly who that is. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was in Mr. He's been in Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot, and also The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where he plays Arnold. Uh-huh. I love <laughs> The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Maybe I'll do that this week. I'm trying to decompress from all the holiday cheer. We open with cheery Christmas music, uh, super organized, super anal. Sarah Drew is getting her daughter ready for school. She has bag lunches organized for the entire week in the refrigerator. Oh. She is ready to conquer. She's right? one of those. Except her daughter wants her cream cheese and strawberry jelly sandwich today instead of Saturday. No. Sarah's like very confused by this, but she's like, oh, wait, if I just like switch these lunches, it'll be fine. And she's like, but I don't need to rewrite the date on it because that would be crazy. And I'm like, yeah, Sarah, that would <laughs> That's the crazy <laughs> thing. You're right. Um, her phone buzzes because she has a Christmas pageant meeting before school. Um, she says, time to organize and prioritize, which is not the last time she says that phrase in this movie. Yikes. Um, have you gathered that Sarah is very stressed and anal? No? No. Uh-uh. Don't worry. You will eventually. <laughs> At the meeting, the pageant theme this year is Elf Express. Hot Dad, who turns out to be Henry, rushes in late and sits down next to Sarah as the organizer announces she's divided everyone into pairs according to skill set so they can get everything done in the most timely manner. Can you see where this is headed yet? No. Henry jokes to Sarah that this organizer lady really means business, but Sarah is not amused. She just rolls her eyes. She's like, I'm trying to pay attention. Um, So Henry and Sarah are assigned to do backdrops and set designs together. Who would have thought? Henry says he already has some ideas, but so does Sarah. And she whips out a binder full of ideas as proof. No way. Way. She does not seem like a binder kind of girl. No. (laughs) 
Um, she goes through all of her plans while Henry kind of follows her around dumbly and smirks. Um, she finally spins around and is like, what do you think? And Henry's like, did I miss a meeting or like 10 meetings? Yeah. Did I miss several days? Sarah's like, no, I just, I helped last year and I talked to the teacher beforehand about what was going to go down. And so I just had a head start. And then she tells him how much she loves checklists and how her main like pleasure in life is checking things off a checklist. No way. Hot. <laughs> um, Hen- that sounds like a Tinder bio that's going to get you checked several times. Mm. Henry suggests they just feel out the space and maybe brainstorm ideas together. So Sarah adds it to her checklist while talking about how flexible she is. She's like, yeah, I'm totally flexible. We can do that. Henry asks what her daughter's name is, and they talk about their kids, Mary and Ruthie. And then he launches into what he thinks this set should be, and he calls it a railway paved with joy. That's not a phrase. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, I just realized, like, because every week I listen to you explain how some woman has died in a Lifetime movie, I'm waiting to see how he's going to kill her. And I keep having to remind myself that it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, Sarah gets a call just then from a friend asking to move a meeting up to that afternoon since their wedding is so close. And Sarah says yes. And she's like, yes, the wedding countdown has begun. Which, of course, Henry overhears and we get our first like kerfuffle of the the movie where he's she gets off the phone and he's like oh congratulations and she's like why and he's like on your wedding and she's like no I, I'm a wedding planner <laughs> um so she talks she fast talks about why she became a wedding planner and throws in that her ex wasn't so keen on marriage so now she gets all the joys out of a wedding without the messy divorce part yikes she is selling herself ever- hard this is what I appreciate about Lifetime movies, though. If this were a Hallmark movie, her husband would have died on Christmas Day on the way to their wedding. You know, and that's why she plans weddings, like, to catch the wedding magic of her dead spouse. Right. Well, the only way she'd have a kid is if the husband died. Divorce does yeah. not happen in Hallmark. No. So, like, it, I'm, I, I appreciate Lifetime for showing that it's okay to have a marriage that, like, just didn't work oh absolutely like i support you don't that like have 100%. to move to desert island and you know flog yourself it's fine um henry's wife however did pass away but they gloss right over that and start talking about sleighs for the christmas pageant instead you said sleighs mm-hmm. i heard slaves and i was like <laughs> the hell kind of pageant is this <laughs> 12 years of slaves put on by six year olds. <laughs> the Jim Crow Christmas pageant brought to you by the whole South. Uh, I think that's what you were a part of this morning. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, y'all, Paul's family experience this weekend was interesting. <sighs> Anyways, Sarah says that the slaves are totally out of their budget. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Okay. She says that that's totally out of their budget, but thankfully Henry is a professional Christmas decorator, which is totally a job. 
And so he has a few sleighs on hand that they can use in the warehouse. How much <laughs> money do you make in one season to support yourself for an entire year? Oh, he's also like, a painter. Oh, okay. Like an artist or paints houses? They don't specify. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think paints houses because he talks about his brother being an electrician. Okay. Um. So they make plans to meet up the next morning with the kids so they can look at the sleighs. Sarah goes to her wedding planning meeting, which, I mean, kudos to her. She can plan quite the wedding. Um, her friend is super excited, as is her fiancé and her friend's mother. Her friend is named Avery. The mother does not have a name. <laughs> Naturally. But there's, like, one tiny hiccup, one tiny thing they want to change about the wedding. Everything. No, just the date. Instead of the Saturday after Christmas, they want to have it on Christmas Eve. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. Don't double dip holidays. Get all your presents. And Avery says if they don't get married on Christmas Eve, she just knows that she and Sam, her fiance, will regret it for the rest of their lives. And Sarah doesn't want to ruin the rest of their life, does she? Of course not. So she's like, this is totally doable and i was just thinking like i have a ton of friends who work in the wedding industry and i bet if i called every single one of them right now to ask if they could plan a wedding on christmas eve like a week before the wedding they would all say no well you know that for many many years i had a quartet that played weddings mm -hmm. and you literally could not have music at your wedding anymore because we book months and months in advance. Exactly. As would the venue be booked months, uh -huh. months in advance, as, as would the caterers, as would the <laughs> photographer, as everyone. Um, but this is a wonderful lifetime, so it's totally possible. Um, and gosh, I hope nothing terrible happens to mess things up. I don't know why you would say that unless it's foreshadowing. <laughs> Henry is finishing up decorating a house just as the family pulls into the driveway to see the final product. The sign over their walkway says, quote, welcome to the North Pole. The family is super excited and comes and out comes walking Twinkle. She's like, they're all excited. And she's like, just wait till it's all powered up. She takes the kids to the pl to plug in the final result. Henry, his brother and Twinkle countdown. Three, two, one, magic, and the kids plug in the lights. Okay, so Twinkle's a real person. Yes. Because when you said there was a person named Twinkle, I imagined that it was a that little it was bit an elf. Well, no, I imagine that it was like the um, that character in the CCB movie last year, the Shoe Lovers Christmas. Oh, like the angel lady. Yeah. No, no, no. She's a real person. That's we'll unfortunate. Even just a little bit. Um. So the floodlights light up, the nutcrackers start moving, the train horn blows, the lollipops start spinning around. And, you know, Henry bends down. And he's like, as an extra touch, we also turned the treehouse into a gift factory. And I was like, God, their electric bill must be outrageous. Right. Um, all this is going down when who happens to pull into the driveway next door? Oh, I'm going to guess that it can't possibly be Sarah. No, that would be crazy, except it is. <laughs> she comes over and is surprised to find that Henry did all of this. Henry introduces his brother Lex and Twinkle, his mom. And when Sarah says she loves the name Twinkle because she's high, um, 
Twinkle says that her dad said she had a twinkle in her eye from the day she was born. Henry says they're working on the play together, and Sarah wants to know how she gets this kind of magic at the play. Lex, the brother, who's like the sassiest gay, and I love him, says all she needs is an absolute genius with Christmas decorations who lives and breathes organization and professionalism, but Lex is all booked up, so she'll have to take Henry instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Lex and Twinkle are like, nice to meet you. Bye. And Henry offers to walk Sarah through the display, but she says she really needs to get married to bed. As she leaves, he says, it's pretty cool that the whole time I was working here, you were right next door. Like it's a sign. And Sarah's just like, um, okay, bye. And so (laughs) when she tucks her daughter in bed, Mary asks her what gives Sarah Christmas bumps which is when you get goosebumps from something Christmassy and magical. Ruthie, Henry's daughter, taught her that. Oh, have you ever gotten Christmas bumps? No, that sounds like a disease. That's what I was about to say. It sounds like what all the kids passed around the week before school got out this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next morning, Henry's making breakfast while Twinkle fixes Ruthie's hair Henry tells Ruthie that Mary and Sarah are coming to the warehouse later. And Ruthie says, quote, wow, Mary's such a good elf. I should prepare. And then she asks her dad to please make some PB&Js for them and cut the edges off like mom used to. Henry kind of sighs and looks sad, but he says, of course he will. Like he'll make them for them. So just as Lex comes in, Twinkle starts talking to them about what a big week they have coming up with the homes they'll be decorating. Lex and Henry ask about, an update on the Sutton house, but Twinkles doesn't have one. Lex says, quote, we really need this gig. It'll make Twinkle all the way the go-to decorating company for the whole tri-state area. So are we in like the New York tri-state area or just like some general three-state area? Some general three-state area. The Arklatex. Later at the warehouse, Sarah and Mary arrive while joyous Christmas music plays. Ruthie runs out and hugs Mary, and they're really just really super cute. Both of them were so adorable. Um, Twinkle takes the girls on a tour of the warehouse so that Henry and Sarah can look at slaves together. Wink, wink. Sarah immediately ruins the mood by busting out um the tape measure to make sure they'll all fit on the stage and then starts going through the style of each compared to the style they're going for in the christmas play for six-year-olds okay i appreciate her i just slammed something shut i appreciate Mm -hmm. her attention to detail don't you judge her okay um henry invites her to take a clonopin and have a seat And they talk about how he started the business and how much he loves Christmas. Bells start chiming like all around them. And Sarah jokes like she's like, oh, is that the doorbell? And he's like, no, it's the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Back to serious time. Henry talks about how much he loves his brother and mom for helping him and Ruthie when his wife passed away. Sarah like relates to single parenting because it's super hard. And now they have the perfect sleigh for the Christmas pageant. That's all it takes is a perfect moment to show that you're in the same boat, in the same sleigh, if you will. Yeah. So just then, Twinkle comes in. Crap, I skipped a whole page. 
Um, and so she, she and the girls come in and they're all like super bummed out. And they're like, she's like, well, I guess I don't need to wait to hear about Sutton House. That was them on the phone. But then she's like, psych, we got the job. Yay. And so everybody hugs, like Henry hugs Sarah. And then he's like, oh, oh, you're a stranger. Like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> they start running through plans and Sarah takes that as her cue to leave. Henry and Lex go to Mrs. Sutton's house. She properly freaks him out and tells him how basically they invite every important person on the planet. And so if the party is nice, they could have a lot of business coming their way. And if the party's not nice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah is walking through the wedding venue with Avery and Avery's mom. Avery's mom keeps asking about details, but Avery says she literally does not care. All she wants is to marry Sam. Plus, Sarah has all the details taken care of. It does not matter. And so Sarah takes the moment to shut mom up by showing her the amazing mountain backdrop out the window. Additionally, if you don't actually care that much, then you don't care enough to change your wedding at the last minute to a new date. Yeah. Um, they asked Sarah where to put it. Wait. Oh, okay. So, I'm sorry. So we cut back to the school. Sarah has her back turned when Lex and Henry come in. They're bringing in the sleigh. And she's like, they ask her like where to put it. Um, but she's like on the phone and they don't realize it because she's on her Bluetooth. And so her answers don't even make like, they don't make any sense. She's like, yeah, we can move that meeting to three o'clock. And they're like, yeah, this sleigh is really heavy. Where do we put it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Henry sneaks up behind her. And when she swings around, she gets him right across the chest with her paintbrush. This would have been a perfect opportunity for him to remove his shirt, but no such luck. Dang. Lex laughs at them from offstage like any sassy gay brother slash friend would do. Um, he tells Henry they have to really get working on the crystal reindeer, so he needs to hurry it up at school today. Henry's like, do the reindeer really need to be crystal? And Lex just shoots him a look that says, we have discussed this to death already, so just do what I say. <laughs> Everyone needs a Lex in their life. Mm, for sure. So Sarah and Henry get to work with the sets. Sarah tells Henry she can't help him paint because she can't paint at all. But he's like, nah, everybody can paint. And I was like, oh, you haven't met me yet, buddy. So or he me. has her practice on his shirt, which he does finally take off, but he's wearing another shirt underneath. So what a waste. Lifetime. <laughs> Very disappointed. And then he holds her hand and helps her paint trees. And it's adorable. She says they should start painting. She should start painting before all of her weddings because she's so stressed. She should have never agreed to plan a Christmas Eve wedding. But Henry is all love and Christmas on the same night. Does it get more magical than that? They keep painting and sneaking looks at each other because they're falling in love. Um, and we cut to family dinner with Twinkle, Henry, Ruthie, Lex, and Lex's husband, Danny. And they're freaking adorable, and I love them all. I want to be in Wait, their family. hold the front door. There is an actual married same-sex couple in a Christmas movie? Yes, there is. We're all burning in hell for listening to this now. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. I'll, look, all the fun people are going to be in hell, so count me in. Um... Lex's husband is hot. <laughs> Lex can get it. Um, uh, Danny asks how the play is going. And Henry says it's fine. But Sarah is just so crazy organized and super annoying. But he's smiling the whole time. So you know that he really likes her. 
I love how you're eating this up. I Oh, I love this movie. Every single second of it. Danny says, Lex said Sarah is, quote, quite stunning, which is gay for hot. And Henry's like, yeah, she's great, but she's a... And Lex launches into a speech about what a great dad he is and how they all miss his wife, Melissa, but Henry has just been taking care of everyone else since then. And if he's starting to feel that spark again, which is totally normal, maybe he should go with it. It's totally okay. He deserves to love again. Excuse me. But Henry says he won the lottery with Melissa and you don't get to win the lottery twice. And I totally feel that, but Lex and Danny say it is okay to play the lottery again. As his brother, he should go for it with Sarah. And as his business partner, the Sutton House Christmas party better be the talk of the town. The gays have spoken. Thank you and good night. (laughs) We're back to painting sets while the kids practice. Mary and Ruthie are practicing their lines, but Ruthie freezes up and gets all freaked out. She gets through it, but she tells Harry later, Henry later, Harry, <laughs> that she's super nervous. So she'll forget all of her lines, and it'll be a Christmas disaster. That's but also Sarah, not a thing. Yeah. But Sarah and Henry assure her that she'll be okay and that she can always ask for help. Mary and Ruthie asked Sarah and Henry if they can have a hot chocolate play date that night. And I didn't know that was a thing, but I want one. Yes, sign me up. So Henry and Ruthie come over that night and Henry brings Sarah a gift. And it's a ring. Oh, he cut up the frame sh- and framed the shirt that she painted trees on. Uh, okay, Bob Ross, chill out. But it's really cute. <laughs> Sarah breaks out her mom's recipe book for homemade hot chocolate. Sarah makes it while explaining why she's so anal, because when her ex left, she was so stressed out and disorganized. It's how she got her life together. Then they have a moment and they almost kiss, but the hot chocolate is ready. They call the girls down, but the girls are like, we need seven more minutes to finish our surprise. So Sarah asks if that's enough time to tour the light display next door, finally. They walk through. And I just want to know how they got their coats, gloves, and scarves on in less than seven minutes. Maybe they're used to the cold, like... I was just living up north give you an advantage in that arena. Yeah, like they practice it. (laughs) (laughs) And the treehouse display pops a rat present out of the chimney when you pull a lever. Okay, that is too much. Y'all are doing the most. I want it. (laughs) Of course you do. You are extra and you're doing the most. Yeah. Henry says that feeling um, of like making someone happy for the holiday gives him Christmas bumps and that Christmas bumps are contagious. That's, that, they sound contagious. They almost kiss again, but the girls come outside to say the surprise is ready. I have to say, the, the near kisses in my movie were so much more frustrating than the Hallmark ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so the girls like bring them inside and tell them to open the door when they say three, two, one magic. And when they come in, they decorated Mary's whole room into a lit up Christmas igloo for them to have hot chocolate in. And I was like, you let them play with like electrical cords. That's super dangerous. (laughs) For a six and seven year old. But the Christmas bumps, Aaron, Christmas bumps. It really does sound like a disease. <laughs> like you need some Christmas penicillin. Yeah. That they get it. 
they get in and pretend to drink out of empty mugs like all these movies do. They ne- there's never liquid in the props, like ever. Did you know, <laughs> you don't like this show, but in Gilmore Girls, there was always liquid in the props. But mm-hmm. Alexis Bledel didn't like coffee, so she... I wasn't talking to you, homegirl. <laughs> so, um, Alexis Bledel didn't like coffee, so hers was always... Um, Diet Coke. And I knew right now you needed to know that. That's why I told you right now. I did. Lex and Henry the next day are planning at the Sutton house. But Henry put the light tunnel where the ice skating rink was supposed to go. And what about the snowflake forest? Oh my god! You're ruining everything! (laughs) Mrs. Sutton pops in just at that moment to let them know that the Redford Falls Chronicle is considering her party for the cover of their Christmas Day social edition. Which what is a thing. the fuck kind of bougie town is this? <laughs> Lex and Henry laugh and are like, yay, this will be so great. <laughs> We're not stressed at all. <clears throat> Sarah pops by the warehouse because um, Henry left his scarf at her house. And so she and Twinkle have a little chat. She asks how last night was and says that, um, and when Sarah says, like, it was super great, they had a really good time, she says, good, because Henry has a hard time connecting with other parents sometimes because his exuberance can just be a little too much. And I was like, it's very odd to talk about a grown man like that. (laughs) That's just a very odd sentence to have uttered, period. Twinkle offers Sarah a cup of coffee, but when she gets up to get it, she collapses. And we cut to the hospital where Henry and Lex are fussing over Twinkle in her bed while Sarah looks on. Great job, Sarah. You killed Twinkle. <laughs> no, she's fine. Uh, Lex eats Twinkle's jello, classic son behavior, <laughs> and says that she needs to rest. No more working right now. Twinkle insists that she's fine, and Hot Doctor comes in to say that Twinkle is fine and can go home, but she has to miss the Christmas play that night. Twinkle thanks Sarah while. Henry and Lex go to the hall to chat. Sarah comes out just in time to overhear Lex say that they have to focus on the Sutton house and they can't afford to make any more mistakes because they might be having accounting problems. He saw the books when he was waiting for his mom at the hospital. Henry says that he just needs to organize and prioritize and no more hot chocolate play dates for him. Which is stupid, because I know just the person who can organize and prioritize. Lex says that's not what he meant, but Sarah hands Henry his scarf and books it out of there, because she heard him. Henry follows, and she tells him that she just has so much going on, and she wishes they could make time to hang out and get to know each other more. And she knows he thinks that love and Christmas are perfect together, but she just doesn't even know if she's the kind of person that can even get Christmas bumps and love is just more work than she's used to doing. And she's used to doing things on her own. So, um, if you Christmas wrap it up, you won't get Christmas bumps. (laughs) Henry's like, wait, we don't have to do things on your own anymore. I can help you. But she gets in the elevator and she's gone. Um, and we cut to the pageant. The kids do awesome and they're super cute. And, even though their teacher has a very terrifying smile. She looks like she might eat one of the children afterwards. (laughs) Don't screw up, kitties. (laughs) Sarah and Henry steal glances at each other across the auditorium all night. After the show, Lex tells Sarah how great she is. 
and Henry awkwardly, con- she and Henry like awkwardly congratulate each other. Lex is like, oh, you and Henry should design sets on Broadway. And I was like, oh, that's a little far. Um, Sarah tells Henry that they can clean, leave the sets up over the holidays so they'll see each other after Christmas. And it was super awkward. And I was just like, ooh, yikes. Christmas Eve morning, Mary runs into Sarah's room to reveal it's blizzarding outside. Yay! That sounds awful. Like, I want a snow day, but I don't think I want a blizzard day. Sarah springs into action and starts calling the wedding venue while getting dressed. No one answers, and Avery calls her, totally flipping out because there's already four feet of snow on the ground, and this is, like, super bad. Well, whose fault is it for changing the date? Yeah. Don't you get pissy now, girl? Sarah says that she's totally going to go and literally, like, lay down on the bridge to make sure they don't close it. That sounds just... that sounds more like you were trying to end it all, Sarah. Let's find a different thing to say. So, just as she pulls up, the park ranger fun ruiner is putting up the bridge close sign. Sarah tries to reason with him that safety literally means nothing right now. The bridge has to stay open, but for some reason... He's not swayed by her argument. And he's like, uh, Merry Christmas. Bye. And he leaves. <laughs> so Sarah gets in her car and cries about it, which is exactly what I would do. Um, she tries to drive away, but she's stuck. Avery calls just at that moment. And Sarah has to tell her that the wedding can't happen at the lodge. Hey, I know somebody with a warehouse full of sleighs that you can get through the snow with. She still needs someone to pull her out of the snow, so she has to buckle and call Henry for some reason, because I guess there's nobody else in the town that can help her get out of the snow. But she doesn't, like, ask him for help, so she calls him and she's like, how's the party going? And then she, and then she like, launches into the following speech. Quote, life is full of so many big moments, and it might be nice to share them with someone again. And um, I'm stuck on the side of the road at Lakeview Lodge, so I thought I would share that with you. End quote. <laughs> okay. So he's like, uh, Lakeview Lodge, I'll be right there. So <laughs> he goes, he like takes a truck and Ruthie yells after him, go get her, dad. So he Oh, does. I like her. He goes and picks her up and she just continues to freak out about Avery's, um, wedding um and how she's never broken a promise like this before and i'm like it's not a pro like you agreed to plan her wedding like that's not a right right okay can they have it at the sutton house where they've got crystal reindeers just then an announcement comes over the radio telling them that due to the weather and a citywide power outage they need to report to their designated storm evacuation area at the elementary school. So is this really a thing? Like Northern listeners, let me know. Cause in Texas, Louisiana, you just die by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Henry and Sarah are both simultaneously on the phone with Avery and Mrs. Sutton and Twinkle and Lex and like all kinds of people where they all agree to meet at the school. And during this conversation, they all say school no less than 30 times. Good. They're like, so we're going to the school? Yeah, the school. I'll meet you at the school. We'll be at the school. And I'm like, I got it. (laughs) I wonder if they're going to the school. Everyone meets at the school. (laughs) Weird. Um, Everyone hugs because, like, I don't know, blizzards bring people together. Um, 
The Sutton House guests are there. Avery and Sam are there. Sarah apologizes profusely about her not being able to have her wedding. But don't worry. Sam leans over to Avery and says, you know, the last time we were in this gym was the sixth grade dance that we went to together. And Sarah's like, I didn't know y'all went to this elementary school. And she suddenly has an idea. They can have the wedding in the auditorium, which is conveniently still decorated from the Christmas pageant. <gasps> no, with their Broadway set. Yes. Why didn't I see that coming? They work together with Lex, Danny, and even Mrs. Sutton to get everything planned. Twinkle agrees to officiate because, of course, she's ordained. Happy music plays while they get everything set up and reorganized for the wedding. Avery gets dressed by candlelight and somehow her makeup looks amazing. Um, the kids usher and help seat guests with flashlights. Everyone's already dressed up because they were either supposed to be at the wedding or the Sutton party. It's perfect. Sarah, <coughs> Sarah even has her beautiful green dress she took out of the car when Henry picked her up off the side of the road. Lex reroutes the generator that was powering the gymnasium to the auditorium and he flips all the switches and the lights magically work. There's a string quartet because of course there is. <laughs> Henry secretly painted the mountain view from the lodge on the backdrop, which they unveil mid ceremony. Twinkle marries Avery and Sam and they kiss when Twinkle says, of course, three, two, one magic. And then Henry wheels out a four-tiered wedding cake of ice cream sandwiches. And this is when they cut to the band that's playing. It's a middle school orchestra. And they're, of course, like all Carnegie Hall-level students. Right, of course. <laughs> Henry meets Sarah at the end of the wedding, like at the front at the altar. And she's like gushing about how she couldn't have done this without him and um, she's just so thankful for him and he made it perfect and then they kiss and, and everyone she gets claps. Christmas bumps he spins her around they kiss again and everyone is still applauding for some reason Sarah pulls away and says she finally found her Christmas bumps wow the winter wonderland wedding winds up on the front page of the paper they all spend Christmas together Ruthie says it's the best, most magical Christmas ever. Sarah and Henry kiss again. Lex and Danny kiss on screen. What? Twinkle is happy. She claps her hands. The end. Oh, I'm going to have to watch this <laughs> one. That sounds so good. It was very cute. I love this movie. It's my fave. Well. <clears throat> mine. I think was cuter. But I haven't actually watched Twinkle all the way. I just heard you tell it, so. Yeah. Um, I like that I think this is a competition where I have to tell you the movie that I did not write or have any ownership in was better than the movie that you did not write or have any ownership in. Lies. Because that's the person that I am. Look, I always watch these movies, and I can guarantee you that mine was better. Um, all right. Sorry, I'm cutting my teeth, so... <laughs> Because I'm starving. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to tell you about this movie while you cut. Okay. Okay, so Christmas a la mode premiered on November, 9th, uh, November 15th, 2019, and was part mm -hmm. of this year's It's a Wonderful Lifetime event. Yes. Um, so it, the, um, the one-sentence write-up that Lifetime released about it mm -hmm. says... 
A woman needs a miracle in order to save her family's farm and her father's legacy in time for a happy Christmas. Okay. So you already know that you are in for some suspense because we've got a deadline. Yeah, we do. So I'm also um, confused this all equates to pie. No. Ice cream. All in mode is pie with ice cream. All in mode, I think it means like in the what in the um, common style or in the trendy style. Like it translates to something weird that doesn't actually mean pie or ice cream. What okay. Doctor Sarah knows French. Hey, what's all in mode mean? So it it means in the current fashion. In the current fashion. But I think that the pie with ice cream meaning comes from one of the world's fairs. I don't remember which one. I feel like it's one of the twenties ones, but I might be wrong. So you might look that up. But I I feel in my soul that the pie and ice cream version of Alamode comes from a world's fair. Now, question: You're settling a debate between me and Aaron, so there's only one right answer. Okay, what is Aaron's? I'm not telling you. When it says Alamode, does that refer to pie or ice cream? So, like, this movie is called Christmas a la Mode. What would you think it's about? Christmas with ice cream. Okay. No, she's, she's wrong. She says no, you're wrong. <laughs> That's the first time she's ever disagreed with you, by the way. I'm sorry. Because she is upset that for once I'm right. I'm always wrong. I'm going to... I know you're always wrong. I'm married get to out. you. Get out. Bye. Love you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's true love, folks. That's uh, nine <laughs> years of happy marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So it stars Katie Leclerc or Leclerc as Emily mm-hmm. White. Um, she, her very first role was a very, uh, like a small bit part in Veronica Mars. She had some small parts in the Big Bang Theory. Um, okay. And then she really rose to stardom with Switched at Birth on ABC Family and then Freeform. Okay. She played Daphne, the red haired daughter, like the deaf one who was Switched at Birth. Oh, sure. Um, And then she was also in a TV series called Confess. um, And she was actually, she starred opposite um, Ryan Cooper, who is the love interest in this show. um, In this movie, rather. And you can tell that they have worked together, A, but they have some real good on-screen chemistry. Um, Okay. So Ryan Cooper played um, Charlie Blanchard. And um, he was in a show called, or a movie called Eye Candy. And then this show called Confess. And that's about it. Um, Kathy Harum was Susan White. She's been in nothing. Caroline Keeler as Gloria okay. Jones, literally nothing. Wow. And to round out this cast, Jennifer Ellis as Dorothy White, who's been in nothing. Like, wow. Like Gloria has one other acting credit and it's like person number three. And then Dorothy White, literally, like, Jennifer Wait, Ellis. I love person number three. Right, right. Jennifer Ellis has, this is her only acting credit. And, which is surprising, because she's yeah. beautiful and a good actress, and you'd think that she would have been in something before, but maybe this will be her breakout role. She's like a grown-up? Yeah. Um. So usually the people without acting credits are the kids. Yeah. All right, so Christmas a la mode opens with scenes of this beautiful dairy farm covered in snow. Cows are laying in the pasture, and you're like, this is my kind of place for sure. Is the cow queen in this movie? The cow queen is not in this movie. Damn it. <laughs> you know what they need to save the farm? A cow queen. The cow queen. Yeah, duh. I mean, this whole movie could have been like 20 minutes long. 
a red-haired woman stands at some barn doors and she's surveying the world around her and eating a bowl of ice cream as it like blizzards around her. Uh, And I'm going to guess the ice cream is like important since the title is in fact Christmas a la mode. Um, so I'm reading these pie with ice cream. So just so we're clear, I am. Uh, I'm reading these notes as I type them, which was very much stream of consciousness. Like, cause I just That's watched how them. I type. Do all these movies. Right. Um, she greets the cows and talks to them. She pets them. She milks them. Then music plays like we're departing on some grand adventure. And th- then we just get like gratuitous scenes of cows for a while. And I'm like here for it. Um, Does she have a pink convertible? No. Damn it. Um, she finally it shows um, the red haired red haired woman come up on her farm hand and she asks what she's still doing there. Um, she should have gone home already. And after a short conversation, M the red farm hand is a woman. Uh huh. Progressive, I like it. Yeah. So M, who's the red headed woman, she's Emily, but she's called M for most of the movie, says mm-hmm. that they don't know what they do without the farm hand, whose name winds up to be Gloria. So Gloria says, well, unfortunately you might find out sooner rather than later because I haven't been paid for the last two weeks of work and I love working here, but I have two kids and a husband. Um, Yeah. You got to pay your workers. That's like, (laughs) and then I said, and boom, level one of the business. Right. So then I said, and boom, now I know we're about to lose the farm. Oh no. Um, Then Gloria says um, that she knows they'll come through for her. They always do. Things will get better. They always do. And Emily was like, I promise as soon as the, uh, you know, we get the last quarter payments in, we'll pay you. I'm so sorry. So Emily enters the house where her mom is making chicken soup and setting out several thousand Santa Claus figurines. Um, I'm like, Santa's just looking at you from everywhere. And if I'd grown up in this household, there's no way I could have misbehaved because I would have felt like Santa was literally seeing me when I'm asleep. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> um, so M says that her mom asked her what's wrong. And she says that she's down um, because of not being able to pay Gloria. And she asks how her dad always managed things. And her mom says that he was an eternal optimist. And that's what she loved most about him. He believed that with hard work and perseverance, everything would work out. And now we know that dead dad is the reason all this is going on. Because dad apparently could make everything work and Emily couldn't. But that literally does not explain how he paid everyone. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, in fact, Aaron, I've been meaning to talk to you about our payroll. I'm going to start making sure I pay you in optimism. <laughs> so you can take that straight to the bank. Yeah, I bet I can. <laughs> um, um, so Em and her mother bond over the thousands of Santa Clauses that Em's dad apparently used to collect. And then the scene cuts to Em pouring over bills and papers and generally just stressing out. She goes outside to the front porch, wraps herself up in a blanket, and she stares up at the sky where she talks to her dad and says, what we need now is one of your Christmas miracles. And, you know, if I can get a miracle, I need you to give me a sign. And then a shooting star arcs across the sky and she is filled with resolve that she will save this farm. Of course she will. Right. There was a shooting star and everything. So M goes can into. She pay, can she pay Gloria in shooting stars? Yeah, and optimism. Because her problems ourselves. Right. We so, just saw this whole movie in like two minutes. M goes into the bank the next day and tells the banker that he needs her, she needs him to extend her credit line just through the end of the year. And he basically <laughs> says that's the worst idea ever because they're like brokety broke. 
Um, she he says that you should. He's just, like, girl, you don't have two nickels to rub together. Right. He says that they should just sell the farm because they could make serious bank off the land developers that want to buy it. Um, and Ooh, do they want to turn it into condos? Yeah, yeah. Some they can make it into fifty plots of houses. They say later. Ooh. Yeah. So the banker Trey says that um, saving the farm is an impossible task, but that's okay because Emily says, "But my dad sent me a sign," and Trey looks confused as fuck, and I think we all would at this moment. Like he's like, "I saw the shooting star." And Trey's like, "Cool." <laughs> So, um, Trey finally agrees to extend her line of credit and asks about her sister, Dorothy, and then hopefully music plays in the background. Where is the bank located? The place. I need to go there. I wonder if they'll give me some credit. Uh, just tell them that your dad sent you a sign. Yeah. (laughs) So... Em is now raking hay and talking to her cow, Gracie, when this really good looking guy walks up in a business suit and he's like having to step gingerly around like puddles of water and cow patties. And, um, and he asks her why she's talking to her cow. And before she can really answer, enter Emily's snotty sister, Dorothy, who's in from New York city. And she, in her own words, is here to save Christmas. What a bitch. Yep. (laughs) She says that she's glad Emily's already met Charlie. Then Dorothy says (laughs) that they all need to go inside to talk. Mm -mm. Dorothy and Emily have a classic lifetime caddy sister fight. Yay! And then Dorothy brings out a folder because she's like, so how's the farm? And Emily's like, oh, we're great. Everything's perfect. We've never been better. There are cows outside. We are literally so happy right now. And and um, Dorothy pulls out a file folder and it's got all the past two bills, like past due bills in it. And she says, did you forget I own half of this farm too? She's like, bitch, I know what's up. <laughs> so she says, but that's okay. I'm here to save Christmas and save the farm. Charlie's going to help us sell the farm to Dairy World. It's a conglomerate that will help keep the place a functioning dairy farm and not a housing development. And then we're all happy. The cows stay. We get money. Charlie's hot. Like, we're all happy. Yeah, but we're not because then she's not running the farm. Now, I'm aware. I'm just... Dorothy clearly doesn't get it. Someone didn't drop a house on her yet. (laughs) So, um, M argues that... Um, Em argues with her and Dorothy says that unless Emily has a Christmas miracle up her sleeve, this is the only choice. So now this is a second, like this is another time where I guess a Christmas miracle is a thing that we hear of, but I don't know that I've heard it in this context. Like, do you have a Christmas miracle that'll help you buy the farm from me, sister? (laughs) Yeah, that's not what a Christmas miracle is. Right. A Christmas miracle is Tiny Tim walking. Yes. (laughs) So, um, Emily says that she does, in fact, have a miracle. She's going to buy Dorothy out. And then she goes, so how much, how much is your part of the farm worth? And Dorothy just, (laughs) Dorothy flips through paperwork that she just conveniently has that shows how much her part of the paperwork is so she can point to it. Um, and everybody knows that Emily can't afford the $400,000 it's going to cost to buy her out. Jeepers creepers. That's a lot. Yep. 
So they all sit down to a happy family dinner. They make Charlie agree that he is not going to tell their mom how dire their straits are. Um, and that M's going to break it to her when the time's right. So they're all eating and the mom was like, it's so nice to have company. It's nice to have Dorothy in because she never comes from out of town. And like, Charlie, tell me about yourself. And he's like, well, I'm here to sell your farm. And we're like, so that's not what you said you were going to do. Wow. That's a ton of information, Charlie. Thanks. <laughs> right. Um, so mom looks like she's about to have a heart attack. And then she says she, As did, you do. she didn't know that things were um, so bad. And they have a giant family fight, kind of, except Mama, like, never raises her voice. And she just, she does the, like, what you expect a Southern mom to do. She looks mm-hmm. at Charlie and she's like, I'm so glad you're here. Don't forget your leftovers, but I'm going to my room now. And mm-hmm. walks away. So, um... Emily is left all alone to figure out how to save her farm. So later that night, her and her mama talk about things. And mom finally says, okay, now we're done feeling sorry for ourselves. Let's fix this problem. Okay. So like I had my 45 minutes. We're going to get on it with it. So the next day, Emily, Gloria, and mama are all figuring out what they're going to do while they're eating a bunch of ice cream. Gloria mentions that it's a shame that the ice cream shop is closed in the winter because they don't have an extra cash flow right now like they usually have. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about how amazing their ice cream is. And then Emily asks why we even close the shop in the winter. And Gloria starts spouting facts that, like, you know, you just conveniently have memorized. Like, New Englanders eat per capita more ice cream than anyone else in the world. Like, you know, because we all just have these facts in the back of our head. I mean, I feel like that's wrong, too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so they decide. I ridiculous ice cream and raise you bluebell and the fact that it's 80 degrees in December down here. Right? We serve bluebells in our schools. That's how I knew that I was in the right I school. Was at, I was at the mall yesterday and the snow cone stand was open. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ours never closes. Um. So they've decided, here's their Christmas miracle. They're going to save the farm with their ice cream shop. They're going to make $400,000 by selling ice cream. Right. But then they have to, that's only to buy out Dorothy. What about the rest of the things they have to do? We never actually established the rest of it. We just buy out Dorothy. Okay. Sure. Um, So all those unpaid bills are to Dorothy? I don't... mm. Does she use like her buyout money to pay the bills for them? <laughs> do you do you see that this is all I've got is this smile, which is what I did in school whenever the teacher asked me a question I didn't know the answer to? Yeah. <laughs> so gotcha. um so now cut to M working at the ice cream shop and it's totally empty. A car pulls up and the bells jingle at the door and she looks up hopeful, but it's just handsome Charlie and all of his charm. So Emily is super cold to him and he's like, there are no cows to talk to in here. And she goes, well, it looks like one just wandered in. (laughs) She's real snarky. I like her a lot. Um, So he does come and try to make peace with her, but she is not having it. So finally he says, well, before I go, what's good here? And she was like, literally all of our ice cream is good. So he's like, all right, prove it. And he buys a scoop of each of their six best flavors. So, Um, He says, well, I can't eat this all by myself. Get a second spoon and come sit with me. So 
they have a date in the middle of her ice cream shop and it's just him and her and she's explaining all of their flavors and um so then he says you know what you need is customers Mm. and i'm the only one here and so why don't you advertise and she's like um so hi my name's emily and we're broke that's why you're here Mm. and um he says well social media is free and let me tell you about this thing called crowdfunding and so he basically has her set up her own indiegogo to to save her aka gofundme (laughs) gofundme have you never done an indiegogo Mm-mm. Oh, I buy like cool tech things from Indiegogo. I um, okay. just ordered a a pocket drone that like takes pictures and follows you, and it's like an eight megapixel camera. Like it's fancy. It's not the nicest That's camera, so cool. but so she's gonna do that for ice cream. Uh huh. Which you can buy anywhere. Well, so here's what they're going to do. She's decided she is going to introduce a new Christmas flavor every day for the month of December. And everyone will come in and There's eat There's a it. place like that. It's called Baskin Crowded. <laughs> they literally have 31 flavors. It's in their name. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, I was so into the Christmas magic of my movie. And you're uh-huh. like, you're talking movie shit about mine. <laughs> so, um... She decides they're going to have a new Christmas flavor every day and whoever, and then people are going to vote for their favorite flavors. They have to come back every day and try them. Whoever comes up with the winning flavor combination will get free ice cream for a year. Well, first she says for a lifetime and he goes, yeah, you're not going to make any money if you just give away a lifetime supply of ice cream. Well, to one person. So, I don't know. They're not going to give it to everyone. Charlie's a hot businessman. He knows. Sure, sure, sure. He's wearing a suit. Okay. 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 And he he's Australian and his English oh. his American accent is like not super great. It, it reminds me of Nicole Kidman in Ooh, Big yeah, Little Lies. Yes. Mm. Where it's like you'll go three or four like straight sentences without catching anything and then the R comes out and I'm like, Oh, you should have just kept your Australian accent because you should have just made her from Australia. Right. It would have been fine, especially since the book is set in, in Australia. Australia. <laughs> right, and Charlie could have been from Australia. It doesn't matter. Like he's hot. Yeah. He can be whatever he wants. He so could literally, be whoever he wants because he's hot. So um, Emily and Gloria record a video to inspire people to be part of their crowdfunding plight, and um, M and Gloria and Mama celebrate how amazing this video is and think things are going to work out. So it's the next day and M is working in the, um, I almost said coffee shop, in the ice cream shop again. The door jingles. She looks up and guess who it is? Just Charlie. I was going to say Evan Bam with a giant check. And then oh, her problems would have been solved. Didn't give you a chance. I'm sorry. The one time I get the chance to say it. <laughs> and then I'm impatient. And you are impatient. So Emma's is disappointed. And then Charlie tells, like, and he's like, so what's the flavor today? And she says, Christmas kiss. And he was like, so what is it? And she says, it's vanilla ice cream with whole Hershey's kisses that I unwrap myself and put in the ice cream. I feel like that will hurt your teeth. Oh my God. And he goes, he goes, that's a really high food cost. Like, you're not going to make your money back. And then she looks like she's about to go lay down in that same bridge that they closed off in your movie. <laughs> okay. So, um, then she takes off her apron. She literally throws in her towel. 
And she starts to walk out, but then the door jingles again and customers just start pouring in. Of course. So a woman they want to break their teeth and sue her. Right? So a woman comes up and she says, I've got an idea that's gonna be the winning idea. And she's like, Okay, tell me. And she tells her, I forget what the name is, but it's not a very good name either. But then she says, it's candy canes crunched up inside strawberry ice cream. And I'm like, Ew. I would never eat that. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so Emily's like, I'm going to make that the flavor tomorrow. And I'm like, I can't tell if she's just saying it because this woman's rich or like if she's actually considering this idea. Does she make it? I don't know. We don't see if it if she does. It's so, so gross though. So then a businessman and peppermint. Ooh. So then a businessman comes in to talk to Emily about selling the farm to him, and she is not here for his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um and he basically tells her she's an idiot because he knows that when a Farm does a crowdfunding push like this that it means they're about to go under and they are just um, trying to fight for their life. And Well, as someone who does a lot, like, who works in the business field, I can definitely tell you that whenever I call someone an idiot is when I make the sale. Right, exactly. Duh. <laughs> so she basically tells him to try some ice cream so his, his trip was worth it and then get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um. So then we cut to the farm where Charlie is being shown around by the dairy, dairy world representatives. And Charlie comes to tell Emily that they're very impressed. And so Emily grows ice cold again. Um, And so she storms off. Ice cream cold. Ice cream cold. Mm. She storms off to a la mode cold. Um, She steps off to decorate the barn and Charlie follows her and offers to help. And she's like, why are you being so nice to me? Because you're trying to literally sell my entire life. And he's he's like, well, I just like a fair fight. But really it's because she's hot too. So um, he tells Emily that for what it's worth, he's rooting for her. And she says, well, I am too. And then she gets back to work. So then um, he offers to help again and she says, we'll grab a bandsaw and we'll go cut down a Christmas tree. So they're walking through the woods and it's beautiful. And she's talking about her childhood and how Dorothy never liked the farm and she ran away. And the M and mom um, have been just fine on the farm. So then they go back to M's house and her and her mom are decorating the Christmas tree that she and Charlie cut down. And Charlie mm-hmm. comes in to tell them goodbye, but mama insists he stays for dinner. And he says that he'll stay as long as he can make dessert for them. Like a good mom. She's like, let me feed you. Yes. Are you sure you're not in the South? Cause that's something that I would do. Right. So as a Southern mom, I'm like, I know my kids don't like you, but let me feed you before you go. Right. So then, um, it cuts to Charlie rolling out dough and it looks like he's never actually rolled dough in his life or like touched a kitchen utensil before. It's not that hard. I'm well aware. I bake all the time. Um, I know. And then Emily's chopping vegetables, but it looks like she's never done that either. So it's just a room full of amateurs like trying to impress each other. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> um, How do you live on a farm and you haven't ever chopped a vegetable? Right? So then... Charlie pie, Charlie pie. Nope. Charlie pulls his (laughs) apple pie out of the oven and Emily pulls out vanilla ice cream and says it's a match made in heaven. 
Uh, yes, exactly. That's why I said pie is all mode. <laughs> <laughs> Did you almost say pie is ice cream? Because you really <laughs> hesitated there. Whatever, I made my point. Deal with it. <laughs> sure you did. Um, so M stops in the middle of eating when they say match made in heaven. And she says, I've got the best idea. And she drags Charlie to the ice cream shop with her. And like, I wonder how much time has passed. But she's got the whole ass pie in her hand with her. And she's standing in front of the ice cream Is machine. So they're standing in front of the ice cream machine and she explains that you have to add in the pie at the very last second. So you get all the chunks in the ice cream. And I'm like, chunky ice cream is not actually what I'm here for. Like, I understand it's a thing. And huh? like, chunky. Sorry, I missed- oh, it's okay. Like she says that you want all the chunks in your ice cream. And I don't want my ice cream described as chunky, even though like in Ben and Jerry's, like they put huge pieces of deliciousness in there, but don't call it chunky. Oh, that yeah. sounds weird. That's true though, because when I when I make s'mores ice cream, you have to do the you have to melt the marshmallows, but you have to add it at the last second so that it doesn't like completely dissolve in your ice cream. So, um, she puts the whole pie in the ice cream machine, and they make the what? <laughs> no, they make the world's best ice cream. They talk about how Dorothy's not a bad person, and they eat the ice cream. And it's amazing, and they agree that this should be the next flavor they release, and it should be called. Wait for it, wait for it, Christmas a la mode. No, that's the title of the movie. Look, both <laughs> of our movies work the title into the into the plot, and I love. That. I love that. So. And Charlie agrees to make a bunch of pies for Emily before he goes back to the city, just in case this is the flavor that everyone wants. So happy, mm-hmm. happy music plays while Gloria and Mama feed the cows and M feeds one from a bottle. And again, I'm here for these gratuitous cow scenes, like sign me up for this. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to Charlie in the kitchen with Emily surrounded by a million apple pies and they're like in love and I are. love it. And then it shows a line wrapped around outside the ice cream shop. And Emily has to tell Charlie bye with true love eyes. Oh no. By the way, when he comes in, like the first time she sees him, she talks to Gloria about his kind eyes. So Gloria calls him kind eyes for the whole movie. Well, that's weird. Right. So, um, So then it shows Emily being interviewed on the radio about their contest. And then they're like on the front page of the newspaper and then they're in the news. And then suddenly disaster strikes. (gasps) They're out of Christmas a la mode ice cream. Oh my God. It's not like they can just make more. Well, they can't because Charlie only left them 10 pies and they've gone through them. And Charlie's pie is a secret family recipe and he won't give it to them. So, Emily calls Dorothy to try to get his number and Dorothy is like oh you only call me when you want a guy's number whatever and hangs up so um oh first she says since I'm the evil sister I'm not going to give it to you and hangs up okay so weird flex but all right Charlie comes into Dorothy's office post phone call and asks Dorothy why she's now entertaining offers from a real estate developer because they were supposed to be selling to Dairy World 
Mm-hmm. And Dorothy says that she's basically only seeing dollar signs. And Charlie is pissed at Dorothy because it should stay a farm. Because as they quote nine times in this film, business is business, but family is family. So. I, I mean, I don't disagree, but also <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything. Right. Charlie is not part of their family. But he's saying that Dorothy shouldn't pick business over family. Uh, okay. So Charlie calls Emily back and she asks for his secret pie recipe, but he says he can't give it to her because it's a patented recipe. And she's like, what the hell does that mean? And he's That's not what a family mean. A patented recipe. Sorry. I said family, didn't I? No, no, no. Oh, okay. You're saying it's a patented recipe. Like, my family doesn't patent recipes because that's weird. Right. So um, he says, I'm going to guess you didn't Google search me. And it's like, um, I, I hear this often in movies. Like, do you just Google search everyone you come into contact with? I, I do. Don't... Did you find anything about me? No. <laughs> um, For the most part, I don't ever find anything about anyone. So she finally Googles him and come to find out he's the heir to the Blanchard pie fortune. His family is the most. So why is he selling farms for a living? <laughs> His family is the, like owns the most popular pie, like independent pie company in North America. So when he says his recipe is patented, it's actually patented. That doesn't answer my question, which is why is he out buying and selling farms when he's the heir to the biggest pie? That's a plot point later. Oh, okay. Much like I have to learn to be patient today, young grasshopper, you must learn patience. No. So patience is a virtue that I do not have. So he says, I tell you what, I don't have anything to do this weekend, so I will drive back up to your farm and I'll bake a bunch more pies with you. Like this time we'll make 50. And he says, I still can't give you the recipe, but I'll come out there. So, yeah. (laughs) If he's baking pies for her to put in her ice cream, aren't they still like... So... They Isn't ha- that like a, a trade secret? They come to the agreement. He, they come to the agreement that if anyone asks, she has to say that her great grandmother brought it over from the old country, and that it's a family recipe. Apple pie. <laughs> the most American of pies came over from Germany. I still don't understand how they're not breaching a trade secret by him giving her the pies to put in the ice cream. Listen, I. T- It's lifetime. So cut to them now baking together and he's got flour on his face. But like, is there a flour fight? No, but he's (gasps) just got flour on his face. Not even on his like apron, not on his hands, just a smear of flour on his cheek. And so Emily asks him why he's working with Dorothy if his family is independently wealthy and owns the pie business. And he says he never really liked the food industry and that they no longer own the business, but his dad still runs it. So a corporation bought them out and they just used the Blanchard Pie's name. So, so he's doing violating trade secrets. And he's and... doing to Emily exactly what happened to his family. Because history repeats yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. But also, like, this is like if he was like, oh, let's make cola flavored ice cream. And then later she's like, He's like, oh, my family owns Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so say your grandmother brought it over on the Mayflower. <laughs> so she starts to coke right off the Mayflower. <laughs> she starts to realize that he's the Dorothy of his family, but he's got a heart. And then she reaches up to wipe that smear of flour off his cheek. And there's a near kiss in the kitchen. But it's interrupted. Of course. So then it cuts to Gloria and M talking. And they have raised $90,000. But it's not the $400,000 that they need. It's a lot, but it's not enough. So they are getting ready for this party. I wouldn't even say that $90,000 is a lot of $400,000. Right. It's not even a quarter. But considering that they had to extend their line of credit, $90,000 is apparently more than they had. So a lot more than they had. Um, Sure. So then it cuts to this party at the barn that Emily's been decorating for on and off throughout the whole show. And she's like been commenting about how the party's coming up. So Charlie walks in to see M dancing with Trey, the the banker, and he gets super jealous but of course, Gloria is like, chill out. She's in, he's in love with Dorothy. They were high school sweethearts. And, um, so Trey and Emily are in fact talking about Dorothy because he's been in love with her since high school. Aww. So Charlie looks disheartened, but Elm asks him to dance with her and light returns to his kind eyes. So it starts out as like romantic music, but it ends up being like, Oh, Holy night. So I'm a little thrown off by this like weird thing. I do not understand the trope in all of these movies where they dance to super religious Christmas songs. (laughs) They're like, Oh, cause there's another movie where she's like, Oh my God, it's our song. And it's silent. Yes. Why is that your song? So, um, M tells Charlie that this is the most Christmas spirit she's felt in a long time. And Charlie tells M that she, he says the barn looks beautiful. And so do you. And the structure of that sentence makes me laugh. Like, um, (laughs) it sounds like he's comparing her to the barn. He's comparing her to a barn. So I'm not super on board. So, um. Then she says how grateful she is for all his help because all she wants to do is save her, her father's farm and make him proud. And he says, I have something I need to tell you, but then, Oh no, sorry. I skipped a paragraph. So then the real estate developer who Elm kicked out of the ice cream shop earlier is at the party and he looks super unhappy and I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen or else he wouldn't have come back. So Charlie and him go for a walk after they dance and he tells her the reason he came back to see her because she asked him like, why did you come back? Uh, You know, if you're trying to sell my farm and he says Mm -hmm. that she's incredible and she's passionate and that she's beautiful and that um, he's falling for her. And so she goes in for a kiss and he stops her and says, listen, I should tell you something. And then he tries to tell her about Dorothy's plan with the like million dollar real estate developer, but they get interrupted by jingle bells. And Emily is like, I have to go watch Gloria's kids dance to this. I promised them I would. And so he's like, all right, well, I'll see you on Christmas Eve. Don't give up on your dreams, but I'll be here on Christmas Eve because I have to sell you to Dairy World that day. Bye. And walks into the night while sad music plays. 
Okay. So after the party, Emma's on the couch crying to her mom about how she fell in love with Charlie and she's so stupid. And I just want to say, like, she's cried a lot in this movie. She's actually a really good screen crier. Like, because I think what makes a good screen cry is trying not to cry. And she does that really reserved, like, I'm too strong to cry, cry super well. So props to her for that. Um, she says that she's just, that he's just concerned about closing the deal. The deal. He doesn't love her. He just wants a win-win. And so Mama asks what the win-win is. And she says that Dorothy would get her money and me and you get to keep working on the farm, even if we sell it to Dairy World. So we'd all win. And, um... Mama says, well, I think there's probably a third win here, a win in which you and Charlie get to keep each other and be in love and true love always prevails. And look at all my Santa Clauses. That's how my dad loved me, how your dad loved me. And um, your dad loved me by making a, a million Santa Clauses to stare at us <laughs> constantly. So romantic. So now Emma's cleaning up the ice cream shop and the real estate developer comes in and um, she says, I don't know why you're here. I'm not reconsidering my stance. And he's surprised. He says, I saw you dancing with Charlie Blanchard and I know that he's negotiating that deal for Dorothy with a competitor of mine and that I want to give a counter offer because I could pay you more money than the people he's that Dorothy's talking to right now. And she's like, what do you mean the people like you're we're selling to Dairy World. And he's like, no, sweetie, Dairy World went out the window a long time ago. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, she kicks him out of the store again. And she, Your movie's a lot darker than mine was. Uh-huh. She uh, <laughs> kicks him out of the store again and she opens her MacBook and she opens her crowdfunding website, which is just called crowdfunding.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she peers into the camera while she makes this plea about how they're going to lose the farm in 36 hours if everybody doesn't help them get to $400,000 that they've raised 136000 at this point, but it's still a long way to go. And um, she, uh, you know, begs for help to buy her sister out. So, and also, I'm going to get busted for stealing trade secrets from the pie company. So, so maybe kick in an extra 100000 too. <laughs> so um, she comes home and Gloria is with Mama and they're watching the video on the website. And um, Emma's like, I hope that's okay. It just came from the heart. And Gloria was like, I think it'll work. And then the website starts to ding and they start getting like like donation after donation. She's like, do 45, 50. We got a $75 donation. What? And then like over the course of the next day, they get a hundred thousand dollars. Thirty five dollars is not going to help. You. <laughs> well, by the end of that, like however long before the next cut to scene, they rack up like a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So then a man comes in to the ice cream store and he asks for a cup of Christmas a la mode. And I really got the feeling that this is Charlie's dad. Like, I don't know why. I just felt like it was. So Charlie enters shortly after and he's upset. He asks Emily if they can talk and she chews him out, but then she finally agrees. And so possibly Charlie's dad turns around to watch them leave and Charlie tells him that being with her at the farm has changed him, that he sees why this is so important to her and that he's fallen for her and he's sorry for his company's actions. And she says, is that it? Okay. And just walks away. <laughs> and um, so now it's Christmas Eve and Gloria comes to M's house to exchange gifts 
Gloria gives Mama a Santa Claus. Because <laughs> that's what they needed was one more. Yeah. I mean, that I got that feeling. And then Emily gives Gloria a check for $1,000. Because in the very beginning when Gloria said, I really need this money because we're trying to pay for a vacation to Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. So she gives her the check for $1,000 and she says, now you can go to Orlando Merry Christmas. It's your, I guess it's your salary or maybe they gave her extra. I don't know. Can't figure out. So who knows? Um, she tells her she can't accept it. And Emily was like, in the grand scheme of, I still need $150,000. What's your thousand dollars going to do? Like, please just take it. Okay. And so Emily goes out to the porch and she talks to the stars again. She tells her dad that they're still a ways away from the Christmas miracle she'd asked for. And she, then she asked if she's crazy for holding out hope. So then another shooting star arcs across the sky and I she said, knows no. that this is a sign from Papa. So, um, it's glitch. Did she say Papa? No. Okay. I was going to say that's. A little weird. Em and Gloria and Mama sit over the computer and they get another donation. They're at $310,000 and they have 25 minutes to raise $90,000 because like the deal happens in 25 minutes. Did somebody give them $90,000? <laughs> exactly? No, they do not. Okay. Gloria rips up her check and then she says, look there, now it's a donation. She says, my husband and I talked it over with the kids and we'd much rather have a farm and a place for me to work than go to Orlando for two weeks. Like it's more important that I keep my job. And I'm still like, girl, that thousand dollars does not mean anything. No. (laughs) So, um, this movie is just full of people that cannot manage money well. <laughs> so Dorothy comes in with Trey, the banker and her attorney and insidious music plays. Mm. So Dorothy opens the paperwork and she shows Emily where to sign to sell the farm. And as she starts to sign her name, the computer dings and Gloria gasps and has like a full body seizure for just a minute. <laughs> so they got a hundred thousand dollar donation. So now they can use that extra 10000 to pay the bills they're behind. And to maybe send what's-her-name to Disney World. Maybe. Um, so Emily says, there it is. That's my miracle. And they get... Uh, so then, like, in the midst of all this, the door opens and in comes the man who I thought was Charlie's dad. And he's got a dolly full of pies from Blanchard Pies. And he says, here's an order of 500 apple pies for the Christmas a la mode ice cream for the white ice cream shop. And then um, it is Charlie's dad. And he donated $100,000 so they could have a partnership to make. If I know anything, it's that people that run multi-million dollar corporations (laughs) also make delivery. They do. (laughs) They do. So, um, Charlie comes in behind her, his dad and asks if Emily got the donation. And that's when I wrote, and it was Charlie's dad. I'm brilliant. (laughs) So Charlie is looking like an absolute snack. And he tells Emily that he thinks white farms and Blanchard pies will make a beautiful partnership. If she'll have him. And she says she will, but then she launches into a monologue against Dorothy and how she doesn't, how Dorothy doesn't appreciate the farm and she's such a bitch for running away. I mean, true. And Dorothy then says that like, yeah, she 
first of all, she says um, she never thought her farm girl sister could pull off getting $400,000 in such a short time that she's really impressed by that because mm-hmm. Dorothy's like some big business person. But they don't ever tell us what it is. They just tell us she's a business person. Yeah, she businesses. She, she works in the, in the business of She's business, a transponster. Okay? <laughs> so um, then Dorothy says that she never actually wanted to sell the farm. Like she didn't enjoy living there, but she didn't want to sell the farm. It was her dad's legacy, but that she was trying to get all of them out of trouble. And she thought that was the only option they had. I didn't want to sell the farm. I was just selling the farm. <laughs> so then Trey and, uh, oh, so then mama asked, Dorothy, if she'll stay for dinner, and she's like, I really need to get back to the city. By the way, they always call it the city. Only one time do they actually refer to New York City. So I missed it until I watched it a second time. I was like, okay, so this city is actually New York City. We don't know where this farm is, but... um, She has to go to the city for the business meeting about the business. (laughs) So um, Dorothy says she can't say she's got to get back to the... Um, to the city. And so mama looks at Trey, the banker, and she's like, well, will you stay for dinner? And he goes, I will. So then Dorothy's like, you know, maybe my business work can wait because it's Christmas day. Like, what are you going to be doing, Dorothy? What the hell does your business do? Even my office is closed on Christmas day. Okay. (laughs) So, um, and then I said, and damn, I think I like this movie more than any Hallmark movie I've ever watched. And now Charlie and Emily finally kiss and it's a damn good kiss. Does she get Christmas bumps? (laughs) No, even better. She gets to hand Dorothy a $400,000 check. And Dorothy says, I've been eyeing a condo in Martha's Vineyard. So that's what I want to go buy. And I'm like, I don't think $400,000 will buy you anything in Martha's Vineyard. But you do you, boo. Um, sure. so then Charlie gives Emily a gift and it's not Christmas bumps. It's, mm, well, that's nice. <laughs> it's a stack of cups that say happy cows ice cream because he's rebranded her entire operation for her. And then the movie okay. ends. The end. Okay. Yay! All right. Well, hey, I looked up the Alamo mode thing. Okay, Sarah has a definitive answer on Alamo mode. Oh, give so it, to me. it was commonly talk louder. I'm talking to the mic. Oh, it it started commonly being used in the French language in like the 1600s to denote something being in fashion, but referring to ice cream on a dessert, specifically pie. The earliest mentions are in, like, some ladies' books from nineteen, the ni- early 1900s. There are lots of stories about where it got, like, where pie with ice cream on it got termed pie a la mode. But there's not, like, a definitive answer. Okay, so I guess that settles it. Dr. Sarah knows everything, and there's not really a definitive answer to anything. There's really no way to know the first time that's ever been true. <laughs> <laughs> We finally made it. We did it. Yay. All right. So, um, hey, next week, mm-hmm. instead of recording, you and I are taking a vacation. Yay. But we've already pre-recorded. Vacation, all I ever wanted. Your durable just <laughs> <laughs> And they were, like, aggressive. They had to hit it twice just to prove the pizza was here. 
Yeah. Um, so which episode are we releasing? We are releasing, um, Oh my god, I can't think of what it's called. What's the movie called? Warren Jeffs or Menendez Brothers. M- the uh, Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers. The yes. Menendez Brothers story. That's not the title, but we'll figure it out. It's before called this. Blood <laughs> Brothers. Something with Menendez. Hmm. So yes, I don't know. Courtney Love was there. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we. I mean, we did record those a while ago, but I feel like those were a long time ago. Like. I mean, technically, they it was like a month, a month ago, ago. during Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we are taking a much needed break, but we're not leaving you with no content. Nope. So um, after Your regularly scheduled program will continue. After that, it's a very special week. It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. I know. I'm so excited. So. Um, yeah, we just, we thank you for sticking around, and mm. um, we would, since it's Christmas and our anniversary's coming up, um, the best gift you could give us is a rate, a review, and a subscription. Yes. So do all Please, those things. We really want 50. We're still at 23. Maybe they're just all waiting till Christmas Day. Like, that's going to be their yeah. gift to us. Yes, I'm sure you don't have anything else to do on Christmas except rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, when your family's being accidentally racist or talking about politics, just pull out your phone and rate us real fast. Or purposefully racist. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's that too. (laughs) Um, You could just be like, hey, let's listen to this podcast where a real gay couple kisses for real. That will go over great if you have the type of family that is purposefully racist. (laughs) Grandpa will love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, do you want to tell the lovely folks where they can find us? Yes. You can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Our episode notes, um, Blog, show notes, things are at lifetimesentence.com. And please come join us on the Patreon. Absolutely. We are having a blast. Erin just told me the most amazing story. And um, I will be coming up with an amazing story also Mm -hmm. for next week's. So um, until then, do it at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Very good. Nailed it. (laughs) Um, Well, until next time, guys, don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.